you know what time it is? You know what time the game starts? Time for more football reaction. Time to hear from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Time to crack open a high noon. Oh, yeah! This is the High Noon Hour on 100 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. From the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, here's Alex Strofe. Yeah, Packers win now two and one on the season. Big win yesterday on the road at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It says it in the open. We'll hear from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. We're not referring to Tom Brady. Referring to Aaron Rodgers. We'll hear from Aaron Rodgers. We'll hear from head coach Matt LaFleur. And we'll hear from you as we continue the live and local Victory Monday reaction right here at 100.5 ESPN as the Packers roll. Yesterday, again, the final 14-12. to 12. A, lot better, a lot better than that Badgers game on Saturday. We'll, uh, Why'd you have to bring that we'll up? We'll leave that unmentionable. I'm Alex Strofe, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. It is the High Noon Hour, brought to you by High Noon Sun Sips. You have an opportunity to win $20,000. All you got to do, go to participating High Noon locations in the Madison area, scan the QR code at the point of purchase, and you'll find out instantly if you won $20,000 thanks to our friends from High Noon. Hunter Vaughn running the show as always. Hunter, happy Monday. I know you're a Cowboys fan. You're wearing your Cowboys uh, pullover today. You got a big game tonight against the undefeated New York Giants, one of the only undefeated teams left. I don't think they will be after tonight, though. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've got the Giants at a parlay, so I would really like it if they won, but I understand if uh, if the Cowboys win as well. But we will see what happens there. We'll actually... Let's uh, let's talk about Monday Night Football later in the show. We'll, we'll do some NFL quick hits. Uh, we'll do we'll do four stories from around the NFL. That will be one of them. The undefeated teams remaining. The Giants, one of three undefeated teams remaining in the National Football League. Just like everybody drew it up, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins, the other two. Just like everybody drew it up. But we're here to talk Packers win over TB twelve and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. TB scored twelve. Led by TB12. It is time to get into our first three things here on the High Noon Hour. First three things. First things first. All right, first things first. This was a gritty, gritty victory for the Green Bay Packers. And it reminded me of a game we don't like to talk about that occurred about nine months ago. That would be the San Francisco 49ers playoff game at Lambeau Field in January. The Packers, of course, lost that game. But this game last night reminded me a lot of that game, except the Packers were victorious in this game. I'll tell you why. Beginning of the game, great scoring drives. Puts you in front for, in this case, the entire game, the majority of the game in that San Francisco game. And the offense kind of stalled after a crucial fumble. Aaron Jones yesterday fumbles on the goal line. And the Packers don't score another point after that happens. You may remember against San Francisco in January, Mercedes Lewis fumbles at midfield. The Packers don't score another point after that. Another reason? The defense leading the charge for the Green Bay Packers yesterday, holding Tampa Bay, as we mentioned, only 12 points. 
And six of those coming on the final drive of the game. You may remember against San Francisco, the defense spent a lot of time on the field, was exhausted by the end of the game, and that led to the Robbie Gold field goal uh, walk-off kick for the San Francisco 49ers to advance to the NFC Championship game. So the big difference is the Packers win this game, but it was a gritty game. The offense was limited in the second half. The defense came up big. The defense was terrific yesterday. We'll get deeper into them here in a minute. But overall... Gritty, gritty victory for the Green Bay Packers, and that is the exact word that Matt LaFleur used to describe yesterday's victory. Uh, gritty team win. We had a lot of guys step up. Keyshawn Nixon, you know, with Jair going out so early, I thought he battled, he competed, not only defensively, but created that big-time uh, force fumble, but also on, on teams. I thought Pat O'Donnell was huge today, just kind of flipping the field position quite a bit. <laughs> I laugh because you don't always like to hear your head coach compliment a punter. Pat O'Donnell was really good yesterday. The guy deserves a game ball. I mean, he punted, what, seven times, I think it was, uh, for the Green Bay Packers. So, uh, yeah, you don't love when your punter punts seven times, but he was terrific. I think it was three punts within the – five punts within the 20-yard line. Five of a seven in the inside the 20. Really good performance by the punter i don't love spending time on that but hey we'll take it i guess if it leads to a victory but given the special teams history with the packers i mean the fact that he's even saying anything positive i'll i'll take it it's yeah great. and he mentioned Keyshawn nixon there who was terrific defensively and we'll probably talk about him a little bit later here on the high noon hours we're on alex Struff hunter vaughn with you uh Keyshawn nixon had a great down as a gunner on one of those pat o'donnell punts right on the two yard line or one yard line i think it actually was so they called it the half uh, yeah. In the, the official side. Yeah, so Kashawn Nixon was was terrific, uh, both on special teams, and that's why they brought him in. He had the uh, the history with Rich Bisacci out in Las Vegas. He was great there, also great in relief of Jair Alexander. Let's move on to the second thing. The second thing. I hate to overhype a week three game, but I don't think you can overhype this one. This is a very big victory for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, from the team we saw in week one, and then we still had some question marks in week two, despite a, a, I don't want to quite call it dominant, but a big performance over the Chicago Bears last week on Sunday Night Football. I don't want to overhype a week three victory, but I'm going to overhype a week three victory. This was a huge win for momentum, for confidence, for all the in-betweens for the Green Bay Packers to go to Tampa, to beat a team they have recently not had a ton of success against, and Aaron Rodgers to beat a quarterback in Tom Brady. He has not had a ton of success against. This is only the second time Aaron Rodgers has beat Tom Brady. Big, big victory, and Aaron Rodgers views it the same way. No, I don't think that's kind of a little bit stretching it there. It is week three. Feels good, for sure. Could be some tiebreaker stuff down the line when you beat a team like this, but it's just week three. There's, uh, I think... With the Bears one and uh, Vikings one, so there's three two and one teams in the NFC North. Uh, that's that's the focus. But big win for us. Um, I don't know what to make of that. Well, he was asked, "Is this a huge win?" Oh, so that's why he called it a stretch. Yeah, at the I, beginning, I, 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 I don't think it's a stretch that. though, Hunter. Like, I really do think this is a huge win, and I get it's week three, and I get. You know, it could mean nothing in the long run of things, but a win's a win, and that's how you feel leaving. Uh, you feel leaving Tampa and Raymond James Stadium yesterday. I will say this, and I don't know if we have the audio on this, but Aaron Rodgers on the post game says, "Hey, I, I noticed something on the two point conversion attempt. I just relayed the message. They showed it on the scoreboard. Maybe they shouldn't have. They shouldn't show you this stuff at home." And um, 
Well, it worked out as they get the delay of game penalty and then ultimately Devondre Campbell tips that that uh, two-point conversion attempt. But Aaron Rodgers, a goofball, he likes to tell you things that maybe he's not asked about, um, as he did there in the post-game press conference. But hey, it worked uh, to the Packers' advantage as they win 14-12. to Let's get to the final thing. The final thing. Three, that's the magic number. Yes, Three. It is. It's the magic number. Three is indeed the magic number. And how about this? The three Ds? The three Ds. Defense, Dobbs, and David. Get your mind out of the gutter, Hunter. The I defense. was only giggling a little bit. <laughs> the defense, obviously, as we just referenced. Terrific in this game. Uh, my only gripe might be with Darnell Savage again this week, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but... The defense overall terrific. Rashawn Gary again proving he has now moved into that elite status, had his third game, third sack of the season. Devondre Campbell, I just mentioned his pass breakup on the two-point conversion, had a tackle for loss, led the team in tackles, 14 of them for the all-pro Devondre Campbell. Sean Nixon, who we just brushed over, stepped up. Jair Alexander out in the first quarter of that game with a groin injury. Sean Nixon comes in to play nickel. He was awesome. I mean, that's a guy... Another low-risk, high-reward move that pays off for Brian Gutekunst. Even if it's just this one game for Kashawn Nixon, Brian Gutekunst paid this guy nothing. Zero guaranteed dollars for Kashawn Nixon, who's making under a million dollars this year. I mean, that is a, that is the definition of another Brian Gutekunst low-risk, high-reward move that pays off. Another guy that plays cornerback is a good example of that. Russell Douglas from a year ago. Devondre Campbell, who I just mentioned, was a low-risk, high-reward move from a year ago. That's paid off. Jaron Reed was a guy that had a nice play yesterday and has had a really nice game yesterday for the Packers. You saw him make quite a bit of noise defensively on that defensive line. Um, Rudy Ford, too, is a guy that got into the mix a little bit. A guy hey. that's, uh, oh, exactly. Rudy Ford had a great game as well. So a lot of these low-risk high-reward moves for, for Brian Gutekunst paying dividends here. Uh, how about Romeo Dobbs, a fourth-round pick, low-risk? High dog. reward. He is a dog. I mean, he is he is living up to that hype, and he did uh, early in this one as well. Had his first touchdown of his career. Targeted eight times. Had eight receptions. Zero incompletions, the direction of Romeo Dobbs yesterday. And it's important to note, Romeo Dobbs, the first rookie wide receiver to catch eight passes in a game from Aaron Rodgers since 2018 when Marquez Valdez-Scantling did it. It's been five years since a rookie wideout's caught eight passes from Aaron Rodgers. Hell yeah, Romeo Dobbs. You've made your mark. Uh, So our three Ds, defense, Dobbs, of course the final one, David Bakhtiari's back. I mean, how can't you be excited about this? The guy's been through quite a journey. We've spent so much damn time talking about it. Will he play again? What's going on? Is there another setback? Will he play again? Oh, he's practicing. Now he's not practicing. Will he ever play again? He played again. And he looked good when he did it. Uh, He was on a rotating basis, which was unique. He was on a snap count. Uh, He would switch off drives with Yash Nyman at left tackle. But you didn't see a significant difference when he was in or out of the game. And if that game would have gone to overtime, which I'm really, really glad it didn't. I have onside kick PTSD. Thank goodness they jumped on top of it. And I have overtime PTSD because the Packers have not fared well in overtime. Glad we didn't have to see the overtime portion of that. 
But David Bakhtiari would have played in overtime if they would have gotten there, which is a great sign. He looked good. He feels good. I think it's a big thumbs up for David Bakhtiari, who will be rolling on. Those are your first three things here on the High Noon Hour. I'm Alex Strophies, Hunter Vaughn. We're live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios with you until 1 o'clock. Would love to hear from you now. Phone line's wide open. The Old National Bank talk and text line is 844-770-3776. I want to know who stood out to you yesterday. I think there's so many answers that we could get into, but I want to know who stood out to you. Who was the biggest surprise who really played well, who popped off the TV screen to you, or if you were in Tampa, who popped off the field to you. 844-770-3776. Would love to hear from you. Who stood out to you yesterday in the Packers' 14-12 to win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We'll get into some of your responses. Hunter and I will give our picks, and we will continue to react to the defensive performance. Holding the Buccaneers to only 12 points. Aaron Rodgers had something interesting to say about that. We'll get into that. And who stood out to you? 844-770-3776. That's all still ahead. It's the high noon hour right here on ESPN Madison. More football reactions. More from the gunslinger. More high noon. The high noon hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. You know it's the high noon hour when the song High Noon by High Noon is playing. It is indeed the high noon hour right here on ESPN Madison. We're, of course, brought to you by High Noon Sun Sips. Best seltzer in the world, man. So good. You got the tailgate packs now. You can get them in 12 packs, which is terrific. Whole bunch of flavors now. And now you got the chance to win $20,000 with High Noon. Go to participating locations in the Madison area. Scan a QR code. Find out instantly if you've won $20,000. All thanks to our friends at High Noon. My name is Alex Strofe. I'm live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios with you until 1 o'clock this afternoon. Asking you, who stood out in the Packers' 14-12 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday? I'm looking at... Uh, ESPN 2 on the TV here at the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. They're showing Alan Lazard's touchdown catch. They are not showing Alan Lazard throwing up, uh, which is good. I saw enough of that on on Twitter, which is such a cesspool. But we saw that on Twitter yesterday of Alan Lazard throwing up. Speaking of Alan Lazard, Mike in Oregon in the Old National Bank text line, 844-770-3776, says, Alan Lazard stood out in a good way catching that TV. He had a great block um, in the hot weather. I assume that's referencing the Alan Lazard flu game. And then he also mentions, which I forgot to mention, he recovered that onside kick. Did Alan Lazard. He jumped on top of it. So nicely done by Alan Lazard. Mike in Oregon makes a point in who stood out in a bad way. Hmm. Matt LaFleur's second-half adjustments. Seems to be a trend against good defenses. I totally agree. First and second down play calling were too predictable. Stacked boxes need to take shots deep. Couldn't produce even a field goal in the second half, and that's all that was needed to put that game away, says Mike in Oregon. Now, I agree with a lot of that, Mike. I think that's a really good point on Matt LaFleur. Now, we cannot discredit, and he didn't, but you cannot discredit Tampa Bay's defense. They're if not the one of the best defenses in the entire league, and they were even down Akeem Hicks yesterday. But I, I just think they abandoned the run again. You know, each each of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones had 12 carries in that game. I don't know what the first to second half breakdown is, but it was a little predictable. And, and just one point I would make to you, Mike, is you really didn't have a real deep threat in yesterday's game. Christian Watson was out of that game. Sammy Watkins was out of that game for the Green Bay Packers. So your deep threat really didn't exist. Your deep threat yesterday was a guy making all the deep moves after he caught the ball. That was Randall Cobb, who averaged 29 yards a catch yesterday. Old man still got wheels. 
Guys still got some giddy up. Does Randall Cobb? He looked good yesterday. Um, Romeo Dobbs also a very big bright spot of that wide receiver room. But you're right. The second half, no points for the Green Bay Packers. Similar theme, and I compared it to that playoff game against San Francisco a couple months back. I, I I'm not gonna over worry, right? I'm not gonna hit the panic button after a win. But I, I get it. I understand why why it stood out in a bad way to you, Mike. The second half adjustments. Matt Lafleur has become a theme. Uh, offense becomes a little too predictable. I will say, and we talked about this in the week one loss to Minnesota, Matt LaFleur's offense sets up in a way where things they're doing in the first and second quarter set up for things in the third and fourth quarter, and that's when you view it as a complete game for a Matt LaFleur offense. We haven't seen that yet this year, but you view those first two offensive possessions yesterday for Green surgical. I mean, that was as good as it got both the touchdown drives early. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was just picking apart a very, very good defense. And they kind of got away from that because they were hanging on to a two-score lead. So I get it, but I would have liked to see them pound the rock a little bit more. And it was only like two yards of carry yesterday. It was it, They were stopping the run by all means. We'll see. I hope this problem gets alleviated as the season moves on. But it certainly is something that stood out to me as well. So good call from Mike in Oregon. would love to hear from you. 844-770-3776. Hunter Vaughn, your response. I find it so interesting that you and Mike are bringing up second half adjustments as being the issue for Matt LaFleur because my knock on him has always been those playoff losses, the team has like 10 points in the first half. Usually they can't score in the first half against good teams and then they figure it out coming out of the locker room and put up a bunch of points a la the San Francisco 49ers in the championship game where they just tried to make a comeback and couldn't. So it's so interesting that like, that's the issue to everybody else, and I'm sitting here thinking, oh, wait, no, the, the first half is usually where they're bad, and I loved the first half from this team. No, I agree. I mean, the first half was, was real. I mean, the first quarter especially, right? Like, I use the term surgical. That is not a term I use often in, 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 when talking about Packers football. But Aaron Rodgers was surgical in those first two drives. What was it? Between Brady and Rodgers, I think it was three incompletions in the first half. Like, that was a perfect game from those quarterbacks going into halftime. It was wild. You don't see that very often. But let's dive into who stood out. Uh, I mentioned Keyshawn Nixon defensively was really good after Jair Alexander went out, uh, finished with seven tackles, was in on a lot of pass, you know, not necessarily breakups, but was there to stop anything thrown in his direction. He had the special teams move where he got it down on the, what did you say, Hunter, the half-yard line uh, yeah. on a Pat O'Donnell punt. Uh, so Keyshawn Nixon stood out defensively. That's a guy I actually have some confidence in. And I want to go back to something I, I said all summer long, and that was that I would have liked to see the Packers sign Kevin King as a fourth corner. I don't feel that way anymore. Keyshawn Nixon proved to me that, hey, he might actually be better than Kevin King as a fourth corner. So after one game. I, after one game. I, I I know it might be an overreaction, but how much Keyshawn Nixon are we actually going to need to see this season? If Jair Alexander can't stay healthy, then yeah, you're going to see more of them. But overall, I think for especially the price tag too, Hunter, was $935,000 for Keyshawn Nixon. Zero of those dollars are guaranteed. So the contract also helps, but Keyshawn Nixon looked really good defensively. He stood out to me. Um, Randall Cobb is another name I'll bring up. Guy still has wheels. Only targeted twice, but he had that big 40-yard catch uh, early in that first half where you're just like, whoa, Randall, you you can still move, can't you? Um, 
So he stood out to me as well. Would love to hear from you, 844-770-3776. That's your way into the high noon hour here on ESPN. Madison, Alex Strofe, Hunter Vaughn running the show. 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank. Talk and text line. Would love to hear from you. The word of this game is gritty. And Matt LaFleur called it gritty. Uh, We heard from him last segment. It was a gritty, gritty game. And those are games that you're not used to the Packers winning, right? Like, I, I mentioned the playoff game against San Francisco. That was another defensive, grind it out, and hope you can stay in it type of game. And this was a one where the Packers came out on top, and it just makes it feel so much better because it's it's a it's a team you know is going to be there in January, right? Like Tampa Bay is going to make the playoffs, assuming you know Tom Brady stays healthy. That's a team I don't want to see in January. It's a team I'm glad the Packers beat in September. It's a team I don't want to see in January. I'll say that right now. Unfortunately, I think you may end up seeing them the second weekend as a Packers fan. I think this is going to be a divisional round game, but now I think it'll be a divisional round game up in Lambeau because of having the tiebreaker. It's still so early, right? It's still so early. We'll see you know, what the rest of the year brings for both of these teams. Obviously, Tampa Bay dealing with quite a bit of the injury bug already early. I mentioned Hakeem Hicks was out, Julio Jones was out, Chris Godwin was out. Um, Mike Evans was out, not because of injury, though, because as Rihanna would put it, See what I'm doing here? As Rihanna would put it, Mike Evans was a rude boy. Nice. Thank you. And uh, was suspended for this game by John Runyon Jr.'s father, John Runyon Sr., making the ruling uh, due to his role with the National Football League. So, uh, yeah, I I mean, this is a team, if they can get healthy, they're going to make a legitimate push. I'm talking Tampa Bay here in January. But Green Bay gets the win now. That's all that matters to me as they grind this one out. Second half was a little nerve-wracking, I will admit. It was it was at one point in that game the Packers were 0 of 8 in a row on third down conversions. You can't have that. I don't care how good the defense is. Like that would be the one thing I would nitpick is 0 of 3, you punted 7 times. I would like to see both of those numbers down quite a bit, and I would love to see some points on the board in the second half, but we're nitpicking. It's A win's a win. It's victory Monday. I'm feeling good after the Packers beat Tampa Bay. Uh, again, the final 14-12 to 12 asking you who stood out to you on the old National Bank talk and text line. We went over some things also in the first segment. Romeo Dobbs, as I mentioned, was terrific. Got his first touchdown catch of the year. Led the team in receptions. Eight targets. Caught all of them. That's the most receptions by a rookie-wide receiver on the Green Bay Packers since 2018 when Marquez Valdez-Scantling had eight catches in a game. So, really impressed by Romeo Dobbs, who's living up to the hype. And this was a game where you needed him to. You're down Christian Watson. You're without Sammy Watkins for an extensive period of time now. Uh, so Romeo Dobbs was looked upon to raise the roof a little bit, and he certainly did. Eight catches, 73 yards, and the touchdown catch. Alan Lazard looked good uh, outside of when Fox showed him puking, <laughs> but he had four catches for 45 yards, as well as the other touchdown catch for the Green Bay Packers. So this wide receiver room still is going to have its growing pains, but yesterday is a game where you can look at it and say, yeah, you know what? They did what we asked them to do. No crucial mistakes by the wide receiver core. No big drops, at least from what I can remember. So I was really happy with Romeo Dobbs and company. Uh, One thing we can look at is Amari Rodgers played an offensive snap yesterday. I mean, holy smoke. (laughs) Amari Rodgers sighting on offense yesterday, which is certainly something I did not expect to see following week one and week two, where we did not see him on offense at all. Aaron Rodgers, a couple weeks back, asked about his role on the offense, said, he's returning for us. That's all I got on that. 
That's all I got on that, said Aaron Rodgers. Well, Amari, due to, uh, you know, some, some guys being out, did see some offensive snaps. Didn't do anything, but I saw him on offense, which was the first time we've seen that all year. So maybe Amari Rodgers isn't dead. Amari Rodgers is dead. Yeah, probably. I think it's over for Amari Rodgers. But, hey, he had a big return that got wiped out by a flag. Do we, ce- do we celebrate that? Do we celebrate the big return by Amari Rodgers? Yes or no? Shoot me a text. 844-770-3776. I think we celebrate it. Because what it's been with Amari Rodgers is you just take what you can get. And um, while it didn't count, still a good return. Maybe he'll have more of those in the next 14 uh, games as the Packers have 14 left. They get ready for New England at Lambeau Field next week. And Mac Jones may be out of that game. So... Packers, guy they've seen before, is Brian Hoyer, who is the backup quarterback for the New England Patriots. Interested to see if that will be who the starting quarterback is, something to certainly keep an eye on through the remainder of this week as Mac Jones left yesterday's game for New England. But the next couple games for the Packers, let's take a look at their schedule coming up uh, before we get the break here because things are looking good. I mean, they are trending in the right direction. These first two weeks – um, and Aaron Rodgers, or rather the first three weeks, Aaron Rodgers spoke on this as well. At the Vikings, home against the Bears, at the Buccaneers. You come out of that 2-1, and one, you're feeling really good. Aaron Rodgers pretty much said that after, after the game yesterday. If you would have said in the offseason we'd be 2-1 and one after three with these two tough road games, I'd say that's probably pretty good, you know, considering that you would expect Minnesota and, and Tampa Bay to be you know, the top, in the top seven teams at the end of the season. So I feel good about that. I feel good about that too, Aaron Rodgers. And your schedule the uh, the next four weeks, home against New England, in London against the New York Giants, who are undefeated currently. They're 2-0. They play tonight. Then you host the Jets on October 16th, and then you go to Washington. Those are your next four games. You could very well be 6-1. and one. You could win these next four, no problem. I mean, you are better than all these teams, especially if the Patriots are without Mac Jones. You're better than the Patriots, you're better than the Giants, you're better than the Jets, and you're better than the Commanders. You could easily be 6-1 and one rolling into Buffalo Sunday night football at the end of October, October 30th. So I'm feeling really, really confident about these Green Bay Packers after three weeks. 2-1, and one, a big win yesterday, a big defensive stand by the Packers, uh, only holding Tom Brady and company to one touchdown, 12 points overall. And Aaron Rodgers put it best, 12 points. You give yourself a damn good shot to win those ballgames. we got to just tighten things up a little bit, but when our defense is holding them to 12 points, we're going to win probably all those games. I totally agree. We'll go around the NFL with some NFL quick hits right after this. It's the High Noon Hour right here on ESPN Madison. You're listening to the High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Join the show on the Old National Bank talk and text line, 844-770-3776. Rihanna playing the Super Bowl halftime show. How are we feeling about that? Shoot me a text on that, 844-770-3776. Just send me a thumbs up emoji or a thumbs down emoji uh, on Rihanna playing the Super Bowl halftime show. I called Mike Evans a rude boy. Nicely done by Hunter Vaughn uh, uh, there. It, it, this is the high noon hour. I'm Alex Stroper live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. 
talking Packers' big victory yesterday. I call this a big win, man. I, I, I view this as a very, very big win for the Green Bay Packers as they win 14-12 to over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night. And, you know, I try not to overreact. I try to, I try to lean back, right, reel it in, understand it's just week three. But I remember this time a year ago, we were coming off of a blowout in week one to the New Orleans Saints, which the Packers experienced this year against the Minnesota Vikings. They rebound week two at Lambeau Field, which they did last year against the Detroit Lions. They did it this year against the Chicago Bears. Then in week three, they went on the road against a good opponent and beat them. Last year, it was the San Francisco 49ers in week three in San Francisco. This, this year, it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You get a big win in week three. It's good for momentum purposes. You roll into the easiest part of your schedule now as we went over just a bit ago. But again, in case you're not aware, the next four games for the Green Bay Packers, home against the New England Patriots. Patriots might be without Mac Jones. Then you go to London to take on the Giants. Then you host the Jets. And then you go to Washington to take on the Commanders. So the next four weeks for the Packers, Looks like it could be smooth sailing, could be the perfect opportunity for this team to figure out exactly what their offensive identity is. I don't know if that's been figured out yet for Matt LaFleur and company, but you feel good about where this offense is at through three weeks, especially after how surgical they looked in the first quarter against Tampa, who has debatably the best defense in the NFL. So I'm feeling really good on this Victory Monday. Uh, But it's time to go around the landscape of the National Football League. This is a segment we call NFL Quick Hits. Essentially, Hunter Vaughn will give me four topics, and we will uh, quickly react to each of them. Let's go to first down. The hall monitor, Jesse Nelson, was nice enough to uh, put together a nice music bed for us today. Yeah, of course. First down. First down, the NFC North. And a three-way tie at two and one. We do. Uh, the Bears winning at home, beating the Texans twenty-three to twenty. Yep. We'll just kind of ignore that ugly In- inter- offense. Interesting game, man. Uh, no, we're not going to ignore that ugly offense because one of my I have two golden rules of radio, and I, I say them very often. I'm going to break one right now, though. My number one rule is nobody cares about your fantasy football team, and my second golden rule is nobody cares about your sex life. Uh, I'm not telling you about number two, but I will tell you about number one. I have Justin Fields in a fantasy football league that I am owing to him. Justin Fields gave me two points yesterday. I lost by like I lost by like twelve. So Justin Fields is an average fantasy football game. I win, but nonetheless, uh, we will ignore that ugly offense. And then also a Minnesota winning yesterday over Detroit Hunter. So yeah, we got a three-way tie at the top, but it's week three. Like yeah, that's expected. Chicago's going to win six games this year, so they have two in the bag right now. They beat Houston, which. Oh, I really hoped they were going to lose. I watched the entirety of that game yesterday. Um, and then Minnesota and Detroit, I watched a bit of that one. Ugly, too. Detroit actually doesn't look very bad, but they are now 1-2 and two on the air. Yeah, Detroit's going to end up being like an 8-8 eight and eight team, and then just because they're just going to always be mediocre, I think. That's the best they're going to no, be. I, I think you're right. The one team to worry about, of course, is Minnesota, right? And you, We heard Aaron Rodgers just a minute ago. So, yeah, look, I, I think um, – I, I think Minnesota's probably a top seven team in the NFC, meaning they're a playoff team, and I tend to agree with that. But they haven't really figured it out yet, Minnesota. Green Bay hasn't either. But Minnesota, I don't know if they know what they are yet under a first-year head coach of Kevin O'Connell. But nonetheless, the NFC North three-way tie at the top. Technically, I think Minnesota is in first place due to beating Green Bay if, yeah. if the season ended today. 
It's all hogwash. It doesn't matter. Um, Green Bay will win this division. I still think if Jordan Love is the quarterback, they win this division. They don't win yesterday if Jordan Love's the quarterback, but they win the division if Jordan Love's the quarterback. So uh, nothing to worry about on that front, but there is a three-way tie. It makes things interesting. As, uh, as they, But the Packers don't play a division opponent until November again. So a lot of a lot of non-division games for the Packers coming up, and we just ran over their schedule. They'll be 6-1, and one, I think, at worst 5-2 and two going into Buffalo on October 30th. That's good enough for first place in the NFC North at that point. No worries. Vikings are the only team that looks any good. Let's go to second down. Second down. A couple of embarrassing end zone plays oh, for boy. second down. Yeah, no kidding. The Dolphins had the butt punt, and then Jimmy G pulled a Dan Orlovsky and ran out of the back of the end zone. Which one's worse? Oh. Um, the butt punt is all-time stuff. And you didn't mar- mention Mark Sanchez, obviously, the butt fumble from 2010 i think that was no because it, it was like 2010 it's like 12 years ago now i think these two but both... orlovsky was 15 years ago well yeah i was just trying to have a little bit of fun the butt fumble isn't the same as the butt punt yeah, where orlovsky is though. the same thing as jimmy, jimmy g. g just stepped out of the back of the end zone jimmy g also wishing that the end zone was 12 yards long which one is worse i will go with jimmy g i lost to the game yeah you lost the game by point to denver last night so that lost to the game so I would say Jimmy G's is worse. The Dolphins still won that game. So I will go with Jimmy G is worse, but both horrible. I mean, that is fundamentals one-on-one on full display yesterday in the National Football League. The butt punt's really funny. Like, that's going to live on longer than Jimmy G running out of the back of the end zone. That will be more of a meme, if you will, than Jimmy G running out of the back of the end zone, but both horrible plays. Fundamentals one-on-one on display in the NFL yesterday. Yeah, Jimmy G is definitely worse just because, like, bruh, you got to know where the end, of, and, end zone is. And they only lost by point. The final score was 11-10. to 10. So, yeah, it's bad. And obviously Jimmy G has first started the season. He actually wasn't horrible offensively, 18-29, 211, and a touchdown. But he scored two points for Denver, who won by a point. So, brutal ending for the San Francisco 49ers, who are now 1-2 and two on the season. And that's a good division. Well, not really. Seattle's not that good. Arizona's not that good. LA's good. But San Francisco, mm, can't lose that way. Horrible break for Jimmy G. Let's go to third down. Third down. Since we're through three weeks, and I have a guy in mind, who's your MVP front runner so far? Yeah, that's that's. I love that question. Um, I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers right now if we're being honest but not yet i don't think man if he played like he did in the first quarter for four quarters yesterday i'm probably sitting here and telling you it's aaron Rodgers. i won't do that though i will go to one of the undefeated teams remaining in the national football league uh, which is the philadelphia eagles they scored all 24 of their points they beat washington yesterday 24 to 8 scored all 24 in the so packers scored 14 in the first eagles scored 24 in the second pretty impressive jalen hurts uh, is my MVP front runner through three weeks. He has been terrific for the three and Eagles, who I think are legit. Hunter, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are legit contenders. I think they're better than the Green Bay Packers as it stands right now, and they'll see them later this year. But Jalen Hurts has been just awesome in, in 2022. Um, he's got four touchdown throws, only one interception, a couple touchdown trots, um, three of those to be exact. So I, I've been really impressed with Jalen Hurts. He is my MVP front runner. Where do you stand? I mean, 
I love that you bring up a mobile quarterback, and then there's a quarterback oh, who's even going. better than going. that. It's Lamar Jackson, not just because I'm going to break your rule. I do have him in fantasy football on two <laughs> leagues, but the guy's got 10 passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. He's only lost one fumble and only thrown two interceptions. He is even better than his MVP season a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, he's on pace, no doubt about it. Now, with Lamar Jackson, Hunter, the knock on him has always been he can't throw the football. He can throw the football. He tore up the defensive backs in New England yesterday. Four touchdown passes for Lamar Jackson in their win over New England yesterday. I think that's one and two, whichever way you want to slot them. I think Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, mobile quarterbacks, are your front runners through three weeks of the MVP. I would take Hurts just because his team is undefeated. That's the only reason I would put him over to Lamar. But I think those two are going to be in the running throughout the remainder of the regular season. And they're both hella fun to watch play football. Jalen Hurts is coming to his own. Um, I mean, that was a guy two years ago, if that. We were like, yeah, we don't know if he's an NFL starter. Holy smokes, through three weeks, Jalen Hurts looks the part. And then some. Jalen Hurts is my MVP frontrunner. Let's get the fourth down. Fourth down. Yeah, don't like that the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to play Jalen Hurts twice yeah. this year. Yeah. Not going to be <laughs> no fun. Kidding. And speaking of the Cowboys, Cooper Rush and the Cowboys heading to New York to take on the Giants, who are one of the undefeated teams. They're 2-0 and on Monday Night Football tonight. Who do you like? Um, That's a good question. Look, our guy Derek Angler, who you typically hear Monday nights, uh, which will be tonight, 6-7 to on the Great Dane Huddle, driven by Metro Kia, will not be on the show tonight because he is at New York Giants Alumni Weekend. Oh. So it is Giants Alumni Game tonight against Dallas. So you've got all the Pratt alum, former players. Is Ron Dane going to that too? Great question. I don't know. I don't know if Ron Dane will be there. That's a great, uh, I don't know. That's a great question, though, Hunter. You might I didn't have even to think text of that. Derek I'll ask and find Derek out. and find out. I will. I will do that in the commercial break coming up. I'll get you your answer. Um, I like the Cowboys. Jerry Jones last week said, I welcome a quarterback competition. I will walk to New York if that means we have quarterback competition because that means Cooper Rush is playing out of his mind. He looked good last week. I'll take Dallas on the road tonight because I think the Giants 2-0 start as a fluke, and that leaves us only with Miami and Philadelphia as the undefeated teams in the NFL, just like we drew it up. If you would have given me 10 picks on, on who would be 3-0 through three weeks, I might pick Philly. I'm not picking Miami. Yeah, but here we are. That's why the NFL is king. I mean, it is so unpredictable. It is so chaotic. The parody is so large. I love the NFL. This is why. The Giants, the Eagles, and the Dolphins are the only undefeated teams right now as it stands heading into Monday Night Football tonight. So wacky. The NFL is so wacky. I, I do want to put an asterisk, and it's only because I don't like the Giants. They're You're a Cowboys you fan. Can't, yeah, you can't call them undefeated. Like, yes, they're technically undefeated, but they I haven't call finished undefeated. their week. But the other teams have at least played three games. They've yeah. only played two. But we're like, through, just we're put through, an asterisk we're, on we're through three Roger NFL Maris Sundays. Them. Roger Maris. Them. We are through three NFL Sundays. And the Giants are undefeated. Because they haven't played yet. Well, just, they, I'm just saying. Just if they like, win the Night Hunter, I'm coming at you so hard tomorrow. That's fine. I'm fine if you, we call them undefeated after tonight. But let them play their third game. Bananas. It's just it's dumb to say that they're a part of the undefeated. The they undefeated are. teams have played three games. Well, they're still undefeated. They haven't lost yet. I don't know. I don't know why you're getting so up in arms over this. I hope the Cowboys lose by a million points now. Just because you're so you're upset so about mean this. To me. I know I am. I know I am. But I'll be nice to you here, Hunter. 
$20,000 sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? It does. I can't give you $20,000, but High Noon's looking to give you $20,000. High Noon Seltzer's made with real vodka, real juice, and sparkling water. I've got 13 flavors now. Look at that growth. And now available in Tailgate and Variety 8 or 12 packs. This fall, for a limited time at participating locations around Madison, scan a QR code at the point of purchase for your chance to win 20 G's instantly. 20 G's, 20 racks, $20,000. That's right, a chance to win that instantly, courtesy of High Noon. You must be 21 or older to enter, but no purchase is necessary. Just scan the QR code at the point of purchase and find out instantly if you've won $20,000 from our friends at High Noon Sun. Sips, Rihanna. Should I give you some Rihanna references next? Yes. Maybe. We'll see what happens next as we wrap up the high noon hour right here on ESPN Madison. More football reactions, more from the gunslinger, more high noon. The high noon hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Oh, yeah. You think Jay-Z is going to pop out at halftime? He better. Except Beyonce was out there a couple of times, and he didn't show up. That's true. That's true. It's a high noon hour. I'm Alex Strofe. He's Hunter Vaughn. We're live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank talking text line. Asking you, who stood out to you? And the Packers' 14-12 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. You can take that any direction you want. Who stood out in a good way? Who stood out in a bad way? Uh, we did have Mike in Oregon say Alan Lazard stood out in a good way. Matt LaFleur's second-half adjustments stood out in a bad way to him. would love to hear for, from you as we roll on for a few more minutes before Rutledge and Hamilton take over for us here on ESPN. Madison, your live and local reaction continues all the way until 7 o'clock tonight, continuing to react to the Packers' big victory yesterday. Uh, Rihanna will be playing the Super Bowl halftime show. Now, um, I think what we can tell the Packers' offense is shut up and drive. Nice. The Packers put in that work, 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 work. Yeah, that one was good. Packers defense was too good for you yesterday? No, because they got them to win. Packers keep playing like this. They're going to be putting diamonds on their hand. That's that's the winner. All right. Yeah, nonetheless, anyway, there's my Rihanna puns for you. Uh, final thought here on the Packers' victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before we pass off the sticks to Rutledge and Hamilton is – I've said multiple times in the last couple weeks, this Packers team is going to look a lot different by the end of the season. Uh, That's especially true when you have all the injuries that they were dealing with on the offensive side of the ball yesterday. But this is a team yesterday that proved growth is real in the National Football League. Chemistry can be built, and you can look a little bit different every single week. And the Packers certainly have every week this year, right? They looked flat. They looked underprepared in week one against Minnesota. Week two against Chicago, it's a team that looked like they had a real game plan and an idea in mind of the direction they wanted to head in that game. Looked like a Matt LaFleur-led team. Week three, it was all about the defense. And that's a defense that was touted and crowned and pumped up all offseason long as one of the top defensive teams in the National Football League. They didn't look to part through the first two weeks. Week number three, they looked the part. One more time, I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers on that defense. 
the team if they hold teams to 12 points, Aaron Rodgers says, we got to just tighten things up a little bit, but when our defense is holding them to 12 points, we're going to win probably all those games. Yeah, I tend to agree with that, except if it's the 49ers in the playoffs. But nonetheless, it's a big win for the Packers. It's a big momentum win. It's a big confidence win. I loved what I saw out of the Packers yesterday in that win. We can nitpick all we want. I'm done doing that for the day because that will do it for the high noon hour. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. We do this every single Monday at noon. We'll talk to you next week. Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and the Olympic gold medalist Matt Hamilton is coming up next right here on 100.5 ESPN.